Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin Anafrio. And on Monday, the Chiefs did it. They locked, they locked Mahomes up long-term, gave him a record-setting contract, not only in the NFL, but in all the sports. I mean, it was a 10-year, $450 million extension, which could be with with extensions with within uh, incentives could go up to a could go up to over five hundred million dollars, which is crazy. I mean, it, it it is it is nuts. But this player deserves it. I mean, this this player you see you see the talent level of Patrick Mahomes. He was the MVP in two thousand eighteen. He was and last year he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, it wasn't great for most of that Super Bowl, but in the fourth quarter he was outstanding. And we obviously that third and fifteen play. There's nobody in the NFL that can make that play. That play was outstanding, and that completely uh, turned the momentum in that Super Bowl, and Mahomes ended up being the MVP, and the Chiefs ended up winning their first Super Bowl in 50 years. So, I mean, I mean, I, I know it's a ton of money, but for a player like this, I feel like you, you got to lock him up now. And I think the smart move is to lock him up now because if you look at the Chiefs, you look at Chris Jones, he wants over $22 million. Now that you've locked up Mahomes, because you haven't locked up until – uh, uh, 2030 to 2031 because the, the because the extension the, the extension won't kick in until the until the uh 2022 season. So for 20, 2020 and 2021, he's he's still you, you still have him because you have him uh you, you have his salary for 2020 and then he plays on the fifth year fifth year option salary for 2021 and then from 2022 to to uh to a uh, tw- 2031. He, he'll have that. He'll have that contract. And the thing is, for the Chiefs, is now I don't know. People say, "Oh, how could you pay a guy that much money? How could you pay a quarterback that much money? Your team is going to be terrible. All your salary cap is going to be all towards him." With how many years are in that contract, the Chiefs could move the money around. They could restructure the contract. And and you know Patrick Mahomes, knowing him, he seems like a team guy. So if they got you know, say they have to resign a Travis Kelsey, a Mitchell Schwartz, a Tyree Kill, they'll be able to do it. Because this this contract is so long, and Mahomes is going to be. There's a guarantee Mahomes will be a chief until uh, in 2031 as well. So you could, you're you be able to move the money around, and I I really really like this move. I know it's a lot of money, but he's the player you had to lock up. Why not lock him up now? So you're able to get your other guys signed. So you could put the best team around him as possible. Yeah, and to give a guy this much money. This is the guy to do it with because, you know, the big thing, too, is the, the you know, his character. He's never been in trouble. He says all the right things, you know, like just the type of person he is. Like there's, you know, he's just been a good person. You know, he's been a good guy. You know, he's been a guy you can root for in the NFL, you know, so far. And it's such a, you know, and at first so much money, it's pretty, it, it is team friendly because let's be honest, you know, if, um, you know, a quarterback can't be good without, well, you know, a quarterback can't be good without weapons. They can't be good without any wide receivers or, you know, tight ends or running backs. And yeah, because Kelsey, you know, you got Tyreek Hill and, you know, just keeping them here in Kansas City is, you know, it's a ton of money. Yeah, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's team friendly with the percentages and all that they can restructure everything. And then, you know, then he was actually saying in an interview after he signed, like, you know, I wanted team friendly so that we can kind of keep our guys. And, um, you know, it's so it wasn't, you know, so it wasn't all about him. It was kind of, you know, about the team. Um, it's just, you know, he's accomplished 
a lot, and he's not even 25 yet. You know, for that little time he's been in the league, he's been in. You know, it's like watching a video game. Like he's, you're watching him like he's a guy in a video game. Paddles. It's un- it's unbelievable. He was, you know, working out too in the facilities yesterday at seven in the morning. Like you know, already trying to get back to work. Like he, you know, that's a great thing about him, and he seems like a great guy to be able to root for. Um, and his QBR so far, every game has been over 50. So he has not had a bad game yet. Um, I did not post starter, but you know, and it was smart that the Chiefs did it now because you think about it when that new TV deal hits in 2023 or 20, 2023, I believe, or 2024. Um, you would have, you know, how much would have been the cap space been there, and then how much more would you have to pay Pat Mahomes? So it's better to lock him up now before that new TV deal actually hits. Um, so the Chiefs did a Great thing here to keep him wrapped, and you know, it's been exciting. You know, KC, Baltimore look like you know with Lamar look, you know, kind of that Patriots Colts rival we had with Brady and Manning, you know, for a decade. So uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. But he's been you know sensational talent to see so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, outside of I mean, I know Brady's the best quarterback because of the way you know the way he takes the coaching, the way he makes guys around him better. But talent-wise, in, in our in our in our lifetime, outside of Aaron Rodgers, there's and this guy might even be more talented than Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we've seen a, a quarterback more talented than him, or could do, or could do more than him. I mean, he can make every throw. He's mobile. He's perfect for today's game. And looking at the league, it's an offensive league. So giving your quarterback this amount of money makes complete sense. If, and then and then doing it now, so you could you know stretch out, uh, you could restructure the deal, you could move the money around, makes even more sense as well because. And I just think the Chiefs, real. This is a really smart move for the Chiefs to to lock this guy up. And I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be really exciting to see what happens with uh with 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 him and Lamar in the coming years. And this 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 leads us to the question: Is you you look at the, you look at this deal now? How is this going to affect other quarterbacks in the future? I mean, how is this going to affect uh, Dak Prescott? How is this going to affect uh, Lamar Jackson? How is this going to affect Deshaun Watson? That was the thing. That after that really came to my mind on Monday is now that Mahomes is making forty five million a year, and that's now te- uh, now that's that's ten million more than the next quarterback. Russell Wilson's the second highest paid, which is ironically the second best quarterback in the league. He's making thirty five million a year. So now 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 you're looking at, at Dak Prescott, and he's he's going to want forty million a year now at least now. I mean, yeah, if you're Jerry, the Cowboys won't give him forty million, but you know he's going to ask for that because he knows this is where the market is now. It, Mahomes definitely set the market really, really high. Yes. Should any quarterback get Mahomes money? Absolutely not. But Mahomes has set the market so high where Watson, Lamar, Dak, they're all going to want 40 million a year. And I mean, for uh, definitely for Watson and Lamar, they're going to get 40 million, but Dak, that's going to be very interesting. I think the Cowboys wish they paid Dak Prescott before this deal was done. Yeah. And I think they, you know, uh, Dallas tried to, but, he rejected that $35 million for the five-year 175, which is crazy because I wouldn't give him more than 35. Now with this, you may have to go. I would not go more than 37. I wouldn't go more than 37. 35 would be pushing for me. For this deal, I wouldn't have said you can't get more than 35, but again, you know. You're going to have to get more than 35 now. Have to. I mean, I'd say 37 makes sense now. Yeah, I, I'd go with 37. I would not go any higher than that. You know, the Watson one's interesting because Bill Bryant tends to not 
Qui t'aurait y envoyé ça des gars? If, you, if that team wants to be competitive for the next 10 to 15 years, they're going to have to give Deshaun Watson 40 million, no question. Yeah. And they're going to have to. They're, they have no choice at this point. Yeah, and, you know, maybe why they traded Hopkins was maybe, to, you know, to have more cap face for Watson. Who knows? But, yeah, you, you know, Watson and Lamar, definitely definitely Watson, that his contract's coming up, should definitely get 40. I think he's the, the – you know, for the quarterbacks who are on the table to get paid right now, he's the only one that should be getting 40. Um, yeah, you know, I know he hasn't gotten to the Super you know, but he's shown enough. Losing Hopkins would be tough for him this year, but yeah, I think, definitely think Watson should get 40. No way Dak Prescott should be getting 40. I, you know, 37 the most for Dak, but. But um, you know he's going to ask for it, though. And it's going to be interesting next week when franchise, when it's the deadline to give guys who sign franchise tags long-term deals. It's going to be interesting week what's going to end up happening there. It definitely is because it doesn't, you know, because it seems like he wants, you know, 40. I, you know, he's because I think they came, you know, didn't he say he kind of, you know, he, you know, he's going to want the Pat Mahomes money, which is ridiculous because he has not accomplished what Pat Mahomes has done. And, you know, in two years, you know, in the last two years, he has not, hasn't accomplished this. He's the only one that should be making 45 million. I, again, you know, I, you have Andy Dalton behind him. You know, there, there's a couple of good quarterbacks in this draft class coming up next year. I, you're Jerry. I would not give him 40. You know, I think you go scout a college quarterback for next year's draft or, or you believe in Andy Dalton, I guess. But you give him 40 and, you know, because you got, you know, you're already paying Elliott. Um, Dylan Smith, you're already paying. You're going to have to pay Cooper. Um, it just – there's going to be no cap left. And it's going to be like the opposite of Mahomes where Mahomes is kind of team friendly, but it seems like that kind of wants the money. And it's kind of less about the team. Maybe he's not maybe, but it kind of, that's kind of what it seems like right now. And that's and, a good, and, and yeah. And that's a great point because yeah, because you look at with, with Mahomes versus dad. Yeah. They shouldn't be compared as quarterbacks. But if you look at their deals, Mahomes, because they got it done so quickly, they can, you know, obviously they can move the money around with Dak. I mean, and you look at, and the Cowboys, they, they want five years. Dak wants four. Because I think Dak's worried that if he takes five years, there's more of a chance the money gets moved around. So that's, so the Cowboys is totally different where they're going to have to pay, pay pretty much that whole, the, most of that contract, most of that guaranteed money and not really move that money around where with Mahomes, you can move the money around. You see, you see the Chiefs free agent, you can see the Chiefs, obviously Chris Jones. He, he is a uh, he's he's a free agent now. He he signed his franchise tender. He's and he wants a long term deal. He wants over twenty million, or he's probably not even going to play this year. Uh, you look at Tyreek Hill. He's a free agent after the twenty twenty three season. Uh, Travis Kelsey, free agent after the twenty twenty two season. Same with Mitchell Schwartz, free agent after the twenty twenty two season. And now they have a chance to keep all those guys, so they could win you know four or five five Super Bowls in, in a ten year stretch. And they could become one of the greatest outside of the outside outside of the Patriots. They could be one of the greatest dynasties ever. So yeah, I just like I, I like the way this contract is structured. And yeah, for other quarterbacks, I think Houston should learn next offseason, if you want to give Deshaun a huge deal, get, get, give him that give do what the Chiefs did, give him that long contract. So you're able to maybe rework that deal. So you could add to your roster. Same thing with the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Do the same thing. Even though Lamar Jackson is a little bit more of a risk because of the injury history, because you know, with the running quarterback, sometimes they, they could have a, a they have an injury history. But 
Yeah, they, the Ravens and the Texans, they want to compete with the Chiefs. They should go with what the Chiefs model is, not with what the Cowboys model is. Yeah, because, you know, I think that's, yeah, that's a good point, Steve. Because, again, you know, again, because, you know, the point I brought up earlier, a QB can only be as good as, you know, his, his weapons. I, I know, like, a guy like Pat Mahomes. I mean, the guy, I'd say a guy like Pat Mahomes, off, even if he had bad weapons. He'd they would. Stay. I mean, there's not a year Patrick Mahomes is going to be a quarterback in this league that his team's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So even if he has bad weapons, he still get to the playoffs. Like you even look at Russell Wilson the last couple of years, his weapons have. I mean, he's had a good running game, but his weapons haven't been great around him. He hasn't had a great team around him, but they still won at least nine games all three of those years. A, t- a team won't have a losing season with Patrick Mahomes, but with the weapons part, if they want to win a Super Bowl, you're right about that. A quarterback needs to have any quarterback needs to have weapons to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's kind of where I was kind of going to because with the Chiefs, that that team with the weapons they have, should, you know, could win a Super Bowl year in in year out, and definitely kind of, you know, win three, four Super Bowls the next couple of years, you know, and you know, so and it and it's a such a huge help for the Chiefs that they actually get or that they, you know it's because team friendly because Tyreek Hill one of the best wide receivers, Travis Kelsey arguably the best tight end in the league, and and even like a guy a rookie like. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think he'd be a very solid running back. Good point there, yeah. So he could, you know, be a guy that, you know, you may have to pay down the road if you want to keep him. Um, So it's just, you know, it's just this Chiefs team, it's just kind of the start of the dynasty. And I think other teams should start the model. And I think we may be going on that path very soon with a guy like Watt, you know, these long-term – again, it it is risky to keep a court, you know, but I think a guy like Pat Mahomes – He's going to be 34 when this deal ends. So and he'll and he'll probably get another contract after this. Yeah. That's yeah, the thing. That's, he's probably he's probably going to be playing on the Chiefs till he's like 41, 42 years old. Yeah, yeah he'll probably be playing on the Chiefs like eight years after this contract. That's what's crazy yeah. thing about it. Yeah, it, it it is. And Russell Wilson. So just think about it, it's 34 right now. And yeah. Russell Wilson still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Oh, he won't be on. He'll be on the Seahawks for the next at least uh, five, five, maybe even ten years. Yeah. So as long as there's no big injury to Pat Mahomes, you know, he should still be a pretty very good quarter starting quarterback at 34. You know, oh, he'll, be, he'll be like one of the best starting quarterbacks in the league at 34. Look at Tom Brady now. He's yeah. Tom Brady at, at like 40 was still the best with the MVP. So look, 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 I think even at 34, Mahomes will still be clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, definitely. And who knows how much money he's going to get, you know, that contract at 34 rather than still going, you know, he's most likely still going strong. But he, you know, he's had a chance to make a real lot of money. And I think, you know, you're going to start seeing kind of, you know, you would hope that the quarterback like this, because as we're seeing the quarterback getting these contracts are um, getting a ton of money. And if they're more team friendly, it helps everybody out because then, you know, you're able to keep your best wide receivers and best running backs and even, you know, best defensive players. Um because you got more cash base. So hopefully, you know, teams are smart. I think you got to go with the KC model. So I think it's a really smart thing that they do. Again, it's up to the quarterback, too. It's up to, you know, if the quarterback wants the money now, then you really can't follow this model. But you hope most quarterbacks earn it to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, we'll find out, you know, if, if that kind of maybe if Dallas does something like that. Who knows? I, you know, with Jerry and that, you know, who knows? Yeah, I can't see Jerry committing to Dak more than 10 years. I can't see that. I don't. 
No, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just really like what Kansas City, Kansas City did here. I just think, you know, they got it over with. They know, they know. Obviously, everybody knew for sure he was their guy, even in that 2018 season. They know for sure that's their guy. I mean, and and it just, he's just a complete dominant player at the position. I mean, it's clearly the best. Yes, Russell Wilson is second, but Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in the league. I mean, just uh, yeah, his numbers weren't the best last year. Lamar had better numbers, but. We all know if, if Mahomes was healthy, he would have had as good of numbers as, as Lamar Jackson. And let's not forget, you know, Kareem Hunt gets in trouble. The Chiefs, the really the last year, year plus, have not had a running game pretty much at all. Outside of, outside of the Super Bowl where Damian Williams had a good game. The Chiefs really haven't had that much of a running game at all. And Mahomes has been able to, you know, and really hasn't missed a beat. I mean, the playoffs, Mahomes, here's the crazy thing. Mahomes brought the Chiefs back from three 10-point deficits in the playoffs. They're down 24 nothing to the Texans, down 17-7 to the Titans, and we're down 20-10 to the 49ers, and they won all those games. Three times they were down by double digits, and they won those games. That's what you want out of a, that's what you want out of a great quarterback. When You saw it with Tom Brady in Super Bowls, down 10 to the Seahawks, down 25 to the Falcons, when you, and down 10 in the AFC Championship game to the Jaguars. When you're down multiple scores, can you bring teams back? That's something a guy like Lamar Jackson hasn't proven to do. Lamar Jackson hasn't hasn't uh, brought a team back from more than eight points down in his career, and that I think that was in his first start, that's his first win that happened. So, yeah, so Mahomes did three times in the playoffs that MVP Lamar Jackson has never been able to do. So that's why you absolutely give him this contract. Did you see Hopkins Hopkins tweet? Yeah. Uh, twenty four reasons why he did. They showed the score, but 24, 24 reasons why he, why he deserves that. Con- why he should get that contract, and then zero, and then zero doubt that he won't win that he that he, he won't win more Super Bowls. So it, it, yeah, that was that was funny. It was kind of a troll. They were kind of trolling the Texans, but still, that was kind of funny too. So yeah, it, it, to me, it's just it really. And the thing is, is a contract this big. There really hasn't really been anybody saying that he didn't doesn't deserve this contract. Most people say that he does already after two years. There's even arguments that he would even be a Hall of Famer after two years, and you could make that argument too because he has a Super Bowl MVP and an NFL MVP. How many quarterbacks have that? Very few. So, so uh, it's just it, I just I really am, am happy the Chiefs locked him up long term, and now I think the Chiefs have a very good chance of winning three or four, or even five more Super Bowls. Oh, definitely. And I, you know, and I love the point that you're saying about Lamar, um, Lamar, you know, Mahomes at, you know, the comebacks. Cause yeah, I think that's such an underrated thing that, you know, cause you know, especially that Texans one where they're down 24, nothing like I, you know, just to be that cool and calm, especially at 24, like, let's remember he's 24, uh, third year in the league and he's able to do that type of stuff. It's just, it's unbelievable. It, he's a once in generational talent. Um, you know, and he was kind of saying too, like, you know, he doesn't want to be like, he kind of wants to be like a Michael Jordan, but you know, he wants to be that guy. And again, I think he's, you know, especially in the U S he's kind of that he'll be, yeah, I think he's definitely up way up there in that like gold, you know, um, you know, spotlight is, you know, one of the top guys in the country. I know, you know, football is, you know, NFL not, well, you know, not, uh, it's like, you know, pretty popular, you know, it's somewhat popular overseas, you know, because I know everyone, you know, the Europe more into that, the actual, like what we call soccer, but um, just to have a guy, you know, just, you know, like, um, 
just to have like a guy, you know, Pat Mahomes, the stuff that he does. Like I remember that OT game against the Ravens in um, 2018. That, that fourth down he converted. Yeah, yeah, with his left hand kind of spinning around. Like, Unreal. Uh, it's just it looks like you know he's just in a video game. He just created you know an unstoppable guy. It's it's literally what he is, and you know it and. You know, most touchdown passes, you know, um, or he was the quickest player ever to get like uh, 75 um, passing touchdowns, beat Marino and uh, Kurt Warner, who are two Hall of Famers. So, yeah, he's definitely on a great path to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know, I think he definitely, you know, it's a two years, but he's done no other 24 year old quarterback has been able to do which is i actually the keys bros actually uh put that question up a couple weeks ago and actually one of the few people who said yes i mean name another guy with a an, an nfl i mean you know you got tom brady you got aaron Rodgers, out and uh drew Brees. name another name another active player and then of course, of course you got montana you got elway you got you got all those guys name name like 10 active quarterbacks with a super bowl mvp and nfl mvp I could probably could name up for that, but I mean Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Joe Montana, uh, John Elway, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, did Terry? I don't know if Bradshaw won an. I got to check if Bradshaw won an NFL MVP or not. But yeah, or if even if Stallback did. But really, there's really there probably aren't more than ten guys in that in in that company. So you probably have to say even after two years. It might sound crazy. He probably is a Hall of Famer if his career today. He probably is because there is there's less there's less than ten guys probably le- less than ten guys that have a Super Bowl MVP and an NFL MVP. You know, I want to say he could be in the you know right now. I don't know. The only being two, only playing the league for two years is kind of the but what, like what he's accomplished is is a lot and something that many guys do not have with the Super Bowl MVP and the league MVP. So. I think, you know, you could definitely make that point. Again, I'm kind of on the fence with it. I'm still, because it's, it's only been two years, I'm kind of more probably just because of the long He didn't have enough service. He hasn't enough service yeah, in the that's league. that's kind of where I would say. And I he actually been, been, he's been in the league for three years. Yeah. And just uh, here's the thing. Imagine if the Chiefs benched Alex Smith. In the, because there was there were rumors that they could have benched Alex Smith in the middle of that season. I remember they lost some game to the Giants like 12 to 9 in overtime. And, and. I guarantee you, if Patrick Mahomes played that game, the Giants wouldn't have a chance. But imagine if they benched Mahomes in the middle of that season and played – no, no, I mean benched Alex Smith in the middle of the season, played Mahomes. Does that team beat New England in like the divisional round and go, and go to the Super Bowl? That's always the question. He could have he he could, he, he, he been another Super Bowl too. Because so I don't give me the nonsense. He was a rookie. He wasn't ready. I mean, I think he was. He would have been completely – because I remember the game he played against the Broncos that was meaningless that year. He played well in that game too. So I was just very interesting to see if the – say the Chiefs would have – because I remember the Chiefs got off to that fast start in, seven, in 2017 with Alex Smith. Then they started a slump, and they, were, they lost like six out of seven games. Say they bench Alex Smith and bring Patrick Mahomes in. I guarantee you one thing. They probably don't lose a Tennessee in the first round. Probably not. I, I don't think they do. I don't, I don't think they would have. I think, I think they're definitely a chance. I don't know if they would have beat New England. I don't. That's the thing. I don't know if they would have beaten the Pats know. that year. But Especially going rookie. You know, and, and I know you. But Nick Foles did beat the Pats that year, they, so you never know. You never know. That 
that's so mystery of why Malcolm Butler sat out the game. But oh yeah, yeah, we, that, that, we'll get that. We'll get that's yeah, another story for another day. But yeah, yeah, you know, you never know. That, that's always the interesting question: What would have happened if Mahomes would have played his rookie year? Because he has people forget he has been in the league three years too, because he was drafted in two, the Chiefs traded up to draft him in 2017. Seven, Joe says he needs to play seven. Uh, uh, seven. Yeah. I, I, I go. I go five. I go five because you look at a guy like. Let's say, for example, a guy like Terrell Davis, he was really only dominant for three or four years. And he's in the Hall. He was, on, he was far from a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's still a Hall of Famer. I mean, the, the, I, I would say maybe I'd, I know, seven, seven, because uh, you look at even Andrew Luck. How many years did Andrew Luck play? I mean, he, he played six because you don't count you don't count the 2017 season he missed he played six years and he's arguably a hall of famer so i'd say seven's way too much because andrew luck played six years and he's arguably a hall of famer so i'd say i'd say i'd say five i'd say five of at this level i would definitely say if he had stopped he's a hall of famer yeah like if he has three and more season like three yeah three more season like he's had so far i definitely think that that's enough if he just some odd reason or injury said, you know, called it quits. I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, because I think, you know, yeah, because that would be well, uh, five, you know, five, six dominant years in the league. And I think that would be plenty enough, especially what, you know, we did at the beginning of it. I think, yeah, five, six years, probably, you know, I think, yeah, I think, you know, seven, maybe, you know, a little bit too much just because of the stats that he's already putting off. It's, you know, I think he only needs dominant for a couple more seasons. Um, you know, to be a to be, to be a Hall of Famer, and because I, yeah, I right now I think only two just longevity. You know, to me, it's kind of I don't know. I, I the longevity is like the only thing bugging me because yeah, and you know, there's not a lot of players that have already gotten the uh, Super MVP title. I mean, the league MVP, and the Super Bowl title. Um, but I think he's a yeah, you know, four twenty five. It's been, um. He's been a great story to watch. And I remember, you know, at Texas Tech, you know, under Cliff Kingbury's offense. And, you know, I know the Big 12 is not known for their defense, but still the numbers that he put up at Texas Tech were pretty, you know, sensational. And yeah, the funny thing at Texas Tech was he did have a losing record his uh, last year. But I think his team gave up the most points in, in the nation that year. Texas Tech. Did you have that, did you that shootout with Baker Mayfield? Oh, yeah. That, that crazy, was- like, 66-59 to 59 game with Baker Mayfield? Yeah, that was a fun one. But it, yeah, Texas Tech is always one of the worst defensive countries and teams in the country I, every every single year. Because I, if they had somewhat of a decent defense, like Oklahoma is just decent defense, then you know they, that team definitely won a one nine, you know nine or ten games definitely. But it, it's too bad because I you know remember watching him in college. Um, yeah, he's just fun to watch. Um, but yeah, you know it's just but he was. But it, what he's been able to do is just been been phenomenal so far. Yeah, you know, it. You know, who knows if we ever kind of see another Pat Mahomes like this? You know, like, you know, this is a guy we should probably try and enjoy watching. You know, while we can, because it's he's fun to watch. Oh yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be one of the greats. He's really going to be one of the greats. He's 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 the next. I mean, I'd say him. You know, him and Lamar and and him and him Lamar and Watson. They're the next Brady. Peyton, a Rogers, Breeze of this generation. I think they're those guys are gonna be the next. They're gonna be the top QBs. They're gonna be the top QBs 
for years, and they're going to be great to watch. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. And they're complete opposites, too, of like a Brady, Manning, and Rivers and the kind of their style of, of running. So it's, you know, it's a nice kind but, of – but, but that's the new HQB. Yeah, you got to be mobile. With the offensive lines not being as good as they used to be, you got be, to be a mobile quarterback to be successful in this year of the NFL. Yeah, you do. And, and you know, I, again, the offensive line thing, I don't, I don't know. I still think offensive <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later, dude. Yeah, later. We'll talk about that on other shows, yes. Yeah, but it's definitely fun to watch. It's definitely going to be fun to watch those three because, you know, yeah, you're right. Definitely, you know, the Brady's. The Mannings and um, you know Rogers Brees—they're they, definitely yeah. You know, those are going to be the next big three faces of the quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to shift over to stay in the NFL. We're going to shift over to the uh, Cleveland Browns and uh, David Njoku, who was a first-round pick in that in that 2017 draft for the Browns, along with uh, Miles Garrett and Jabril Peppers. So he was, he was a first-round pick, but he wants out of Cleveland, and and, and you know he he. He is. He had his best year. Was he didn't have a. He, had a, he struggled in 2017. But who would have succeeded with Deshaun Kaiser as your starter? Let's be real. And uh, but in 2018, in Baker's first year, he was second in second in receiving yards behind Jarvis Landry. He had he had over he had over 600 had over 600 receiving yards. He had four touchdowns. He had a uh, like 56 receptions as well. So he he had a he had a a decent second year. But then last year he missed most of the season with he he missed most of the year. With with a broken wrist, he broke his wrist in week two against the Jets. So he missed most of the year with a broken wrist with a broken wrist last year, and now he wants out. And look at what Cleveland has done. I don't blame him. And they went out and signed uh, and they went out and signed Austin Hooper this offseason to a four year, forty four million dollar deal. They actually went out and uh, drafted Harrison Bryant, who was an All American. You, you yeah. probably saw him play a little bit. He was an All American last year at Florida Atlantic. They drafted him in the fourth round too. So. Uh, yeah, and, and, he, and he knows. Now, you look at this offense with Odell Beckham, with uh, Jarvis Landry, and with Austin Hooper. Uh, he, just, he, he knows he's probably not going to get the numbers that he needs to get, to get a lot of money. And I think tight ends don't get they're, – they're probably the least in – uh, in terms of money, they're the least amount – they make the least amount of money. They make, I think the highest paid is uh, Hunter Henry, and he makes about like $11 million a year. So really, it's $11 million a year is the highest paid tight end. So I think David Njoku, he's, you know, a little injury prone, but he does have the talent. He's very talented, 6'4", 264 pounds. I mean, you know, he was really good in 2018 over the middle for Baker Mayfield. But looking at the Browns offense, there's not enough balls, not enough, you know, not, not enough receptions to go around for everybody. So I think he's looking, he's looking to get out. He wants to be the guy somewhere. I think the best fits for him would be, uh, I think the card the Cardinals, the best fit I'd say is the Packers. I mean, the Packers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can make if he goes to the Green Bay, he would probably have, I'd say, at least, at least eight hundred to nine hundred receiving yards. Because Aaron Rodgers can make this guy look really, really good. I mean, even even if he went to go to Arizona too, I think he could have the same amount as well. And then another destination would be Carolina, just because they need a tight end, but he wouldn't he wouldn't be as good with Carolina. So, you know, I don't blame him for wanting a trade out of there. I think, you know, with him. You know, in two years, he's going to become a free agent. He wants his money. And and right now, he's – I think he's only making like $3 million this year, $6 million next year because the Browns exercise his fifth-year option. So, for I'm, I'm him. I don't blame him. I don't blame the fact that he wants out of Cleveland. Yeah, I know. I don't either. 
The only thing is I heard that Kevin Savansky's offense is going to be a multiple tight end. Yeah, that, but that, 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 that was his offense last year in Minnesota when he had, when he had Irv Smith Jr. and Kyle Rudolph. He liked, he, that's why they went out and, and assigned Austin Hooper. They wanted to play the two tight end, the two tight end set. Be run first. That's another reason why New Joker probably wants to be traded too is they're going to be run first with Nick Chubb. And, 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 and so that's going to be their, their first option. And then obviously with three really good pass catchers around him, his numbers aren't going to be that good. So yeah, but Stefanski definitely wants to play the play with two tight ends. Cause he did that last year in Minnesota. And, okay. and, and so what, go, go ahead. What do you want to say? Okay. Yeah. So I was saying, you know, so, so, you know, I can understand why he wants out and all last year only played four games with only five catches. So really not much production at all last year for Njoku. But yeah, you know, when he's been healthy, especially 2018, it really looked like him and Baker had something going. It looked like they, you know, uh, chemistry wise, it looked like they were on point pretty much. So, was he had 56 catches, a couple of TDs, I think four to that 18. So yeah, you know, um, he played pretty well, you know, um, especially towards the end of the year. I definitely could see him going to like a Green Bay, Arizona. I even think maybe like a Washington because they still have the second most cap space for next season. Yeah, I, I, I could see Washington. I, I could see Washington. I could see Washington because you know, at tight end, Jeremy Sprinkle is their best tight end. He's he's terrible. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, and with Dwayne Haskins, he might be able to emerge there. I could see Washington as, as a fit. That was actually one of my top five teams for, for him to go to. Washington was on that list. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I had him number uh, three. And then I wrote the Pats on there. I, I don't think it's going to Yeah, but I don't think it's, the Pats are happening because they went out and drafted. They drafted Dalton Keene and, de- and they drafted Devin Asiasi. So, that's that's not going to happen. Probably not. But probably not. Probably not. You never know with Belichick. You know, yeah. You, yeah, no. He, he sometimes pulls out something from his hat, but – um, you know, if he can stay healthy, he can definitely be a nice addition to somebody that, especially, you know, like I could really, you know, if he really goes to, if he actually goes to Green Bay or like, you know, um, it really puts them because Jimmy Graham's gone. I think that's definitely a team that could maybe get to a Super Bowl. Arizona, if he goes in Arizona, I could definitely see them because I think Arizona's be good. It's, you know, I think they're going to be a solid team. I think they're going to be right there for a wild card. He oh, can, I got them as a wild card, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, for me, it's, it's close. But I think he's definitely a guy that can put them over the edge. Um, so, yeah, you know, he's been a solid guy when he's been able to stay healthy. It's, um, so, you know, I can see why he wants out of Cleveland. And, you know, again, Cleveland, too, has kind of has had their issues, Pat, you know, over the years. Um, but, you know, um, it'd be, you know, a nice – you know, he's um to be a nice addition to anybody who really you know needs a tight end. Um, yeah, because yeah, you definitely be solid and you know, and and yeah, and going back with the uh, Browns wide receivers, you know, because especially too, you got all those egos. So if Baker doesn't give somebody a couple of those guys with the ball, you know, it's you know you already kind of have enough egos to work with in, in Cleveland. And he's a guy that really doesn't want to be there. And, and for some reason they can't find a trade with him, um, you know. Then he's just, you know. Then the Joker's the guy that maybe starts voicing out. But again, it, and I was looking kind of the, you know, what kind of people think that Cleveland's going to get. It's only like a fourth or fifth round pick they think they're going to get for him. So yeah, and that's not a surprise at all because it's not a surprise at all because you're looking at look at his numbers. I mean, you know, he had under 400 receiving yards this rookie year, even though the quarterback play was absolutely pathetic. Uh, and even in his best year, he had under 700 receiving yards. And then last year he missed most of the season. So really his best season is, is under 700 yards receiving. Yeah. So, so this guy has got upside, he's got talent, but he really, he was good. He was decent in 2018, but he really hasn't put it all together yet. 
Yeah, he has. And I think, you know, he's definitely a guy that for a fourth round, fourth or, you know, he guy's definitely worth a fourth or, fourth or fifth round pick. Because I think he can definitely um, really be a top top weapon for um, one of the teams that we're talking about, like in Arizona, Washington, Green Bay. You know, he could definitely be right there and really, um, you know, be, you know, be a big threat and be a big help to, to a team. And you know, so it's worth, it's worth giving a, up like a fourth or fifth round pick, I think, for him. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It's oh. worth giving up a fourth or a fifth, but there's no way I would ever give up a first or second round pick oh, oh, for no, that guy. I, no, no, I would not. I, I think you're crazy if you do that. Cause I, he hasn't been able to show it, but again, I, what you said, the potential lies is definitely there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. What I think he's to get, you know, Again, just, you know, for fourth round, fifth round pick, I definitely go. I definitely trade for this guy, and you know, see what we can do. Because I think he's only making three million. I think three million this year, six yeah. million next year. Because because they exercised the fifth year option, so that's 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 the con. That's what he's getting for for uh, for next year. So yeah, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm yes, that's I would I would give up a fourth or fifth, but there's no way I'm giving up a first or second. No, I think you're you're crazy to give up that I, I would hope nobody's going after him for first or second round pick because that, that's a little too much oh, oh oh absolutely not i mean yeah and and i mean yeah it was, as we do talked about we look at what stefanski wants to do he's going to want to he's good they're going to want to run the ball this year and i think the browns if they do run the ball consistently with the with with the two tight ends set, I think I think they're going to be a good team. They're run first. I think the Browns could have a pretty good season. I just don't feel like that's the way how Odell's going to want it to go, as, and, and that's going to cause issues. And they're going to probably have to be this, you know, three wide receiver, you know, playing eleven personnel. They play twelve personnel. I don't mind them, but they play eleven personnel. That could turn out to be an issue with Baker Mayfield. That definitely, you know, it's, you, you know, especially because it seems like you know, it's just, and that's why the the hire was a little bit interesting too, because the fancy seems. You know, they didn't Minnesota to run first. And, you know, you kind of have a Landry. You know, Landry's not as outspoken as Odell is, but you have Odell who, you know, if he doesn't get his touches, yeah, you know, he's got a problem. But the reason they made, but the big reason they made that higher, though, was because they wanted to be more run first because they have one of the best running backs in the league in Nick Chubb, and Baker Mayfield succeeds more off play action. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, um, Definitely does because you know he's much better. Uh, 18 when they were doing that than, than last year, um, of course. But, um, yeah, because Nick Chubb's been able to show like that offense could be really, really, really good if it if it goes well and you know there's no issues with you know, um, like Odell, like, you know, even though this is kind of the offense that Odell ran at LSU. You know, they, this they kind of ran a lot of the eye formation, double tight end set. So, you know, speaking of that, you know, maybe it won't. Yeah, I think if they're winning, I think maybe he'll stay quiet. Maybe, who knows? But because um, kind of what he ran in college on there, yeah, and um, because he did have Landry with them too. So, um, but yeah, you know, I definitely think Cleveland's definitely has the potential be right there in the NFC. They they could definitely win or the AFC North and it's as long as nothing um no issues, you know. I think Savancy will be a better coach than Freddie Kitchens. But oh obviously, yes. I obviously. Assume, but uh, you know, anybody's a better coach than Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can get any worse than him. 
Yeah. So, I mean, look at, look at the situation. I mean, he, he wants out of there. I think he, I think it would be better for him if he does get out of there. Cause they already have, you know, two tight ends with potential one who's a proven tight end in Austin Hooper and another one, Harrison Bryant, who could be a good tight end as well. So you have three tight ends there. I think it would probably be better for him to get out of there, to go to a green Bay or a Carolina or an Arizona where he could flourish and he get his money and he could help that team win too. Oh yeah, especially if he goes to Green Bay, Arizona, you know, Washington, Carolina, for still probably a couple years away from contending. Um, but yeah, like a Green Bay, I think he, you know, if you add him, I definitely think that's a team. You know, even without him, I think it's a team that could get to the Super Bowl. But I would like the odds better if they got like a Najoku, even like the Cardinals. I think, I think they're a borderline playoff team right now. I, you know, I again, I got to look at everything. I haven't really done that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the missing piece for those for those two teams because you look at Green Bay, they got good running back in Aaron Jones, really good receiver in Devontae Adams, and you had another pass catcher in uh, David Njoku. That would be a really really good offense because Aaron Rodgers, even though he's a little bit past his prime, he's still a top three quarterback. Then you look at Arizona. I mean, Kenyon Drake is decent, but you get, but you got DeAndre Hopkins, one of the top receivers in the league, and then you had another pass catcher for Kyler Murray and David Njoku. That would definitely uh, put the Cardinals. That would definitely have the Cardinals. I would definitely have the Cardinals as a playoff team. I still do, but I would definitely clearly have them as a playoff team if they had David Njoku. Yeah, because, you know, I think this year with Packers, too, I think with drafting Jordan Love, um, I think you're going to get an angry Aaron Rodgers that's going to try to prove something. So you give him another weapon to use, I think it's going to be uh, an advantage to the, to the Packers. You get a guy like that and definitely Arizona. Younger quarterback in, in Murray. But you add another weapon. You got Hopkins for him already. You still got – I know, you know, Larry Fitz isn't the same, of course, but, you know, he's still a nice guy. Pizza have wide receiving core. Because I know right now the Cardinals have um, Charles Club, which sounds like they're going to move on from. So it sounds like they're going to need a tight end, any, you know, soon. So you would think, you know, Joku, Cliff Kingsbury loves his offense. So I would assume – I could – you know, my, my pick right now is Arizona. Because Cliff loves his offense. You give him another weapon. Um, and it's definitely a playoff team right there in Arizona. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that actually would be my pick as well. I think that would be a really good destination for him. And I think that this would be, it would be a place where he flourish in Cliff Kingsbury's offense and with Kyler Murray. So we are going to shift our attention to baseball. And on Monday, the, the baseball announced their schedules and we're going to, we're going to uh, talk about the Yankees. We're going to start talking, we'll get, we'll get to players that, won't be participating or opting out of this season because of the pandemic. We'll start talking about the schedule and we'll start talking about, we'll, we'll go over the Yankee and Red Sox schedules. And first we'll go over the Yankee schedule. And I looked at it and it's very, 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 very top, a very uh, front loaded the, the schedule. I mean, they open up with the defending champions. Uh, they open up with the nationals, the, the uh, defending world series champions. They, uh, they, they play, I think they play the Rays uh, uh, six times in the first, in the first, in the first half of the season. They also got, they also, I think, play the Braves a couple of times in the first half of the season as well. I don't know if they play, uh, they might play them a little, they might play them a couple of times in the second half too. I'm not sure about that, but if you look at the, uh, the, the back half of the schedule for the Yankees, I mean, it's very easy. I mean, you got like, I think six or seven games against the Orioles. Then they wrap up the season with three games against the Marlins at, at home. And they do play the blue Jays a lot in the second half, but I think the blue Jays are going to be one of the more surprised teams, especially in a 60 game season with, uh, with, with, uh, Guerrero, Pachette, uh, BGL, Guriel, and then getting Rue from the, Do- the, the them signing Rue from the Dodgers. I think the Blue Jays could be one of the surprise teams, could be the dark horses in the AL East. But, and, and, and they obviously, the, they, they put the Yankees, they play the Red Sox, they, I think seven times at home. 
and then uh, three times on the road. But obviously, I don't think home road is going to matter as much without fans. Yeah, baseball is not a sport where there's a great home field advantage, but still, I just don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean as much. Like going to Fenway with fans or without fans does make a little bit of a difference. And even playing at Yankee Stadium, a big weekend series with fans and with no fans, that definitely makes a difference as well. And even some of the teams are playing too in the National League. You know, the Mets on the road going to City Field, even though it's half Yankee fans. That that's that that could be a tough place to play. I mean, obviously, Nats Park opening night, that opening series with them being the defending champs, having the Yankees go in with no fans, it's definitely an advantage for the. I think that's definitely an advantage for the Yankees. Uh, Philadelphia, that's that 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 city has gotten rejuvenated with Bryce Harper going there. So yeah, I think that there are games that road games that without fans definitely definitely could end up definitely could help them help, helping the Yankees. And obviously, it's the other way around too. The Yankees won't have fans in some of those games, and that can end up hurting the Yankees at home as well. So, yeah, so looking at their schedule, too, uh, uh, look at the breakdown of the schedule. Obviously, they played the ALEs 10 times. Uh, look at the, the Rays. They play the Rays six times at home and four times on the road. We look at the, uh, the, Red, the Red Sox. The Red Sox seven times at home and three times on the road. They only go to Fenway once. Uh, the Blue Jays, they got only one home series at the Blue Jays, seven games on the road against the Blue Jays, which could be interesting there. That's interesting. Because the Blue Jays are one of those dark horse teams in the AL East, especially in a 60 game season. In a 162 game season, they probably would be like a 78 to 79 win team. But in a 60 game season, you never know. And uh, you look at the Orioles, they, they play four, they play like one four game series at home against the Orioles, and then they have uh, six on the road. And then how they schedule the National League games, they play the whole National League East, but they didn't do because there's 20 games against the. Uh, against those, those uh, five teams, they didn't go, they could have went like you play all those teams uh, four times, but they, 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 they divided up those games. They, they got six against the Mets, three home, three away. Uh, they got uh, three against the nationals. The only time we'll see the nationals, that first series of the season, uh, that's going to be the opening game. If, if we, if we, if we play on July 23rd, that'll be the opening game. Uh, you've got uh, the Phillies. That's they actually don't, they won't see the Phillies after the first week either because they'll play a home and home with them. Two home two home games at, at, at Citizens Bank and two home games at Yankee Stadium. Then the Braves the same thing. Uh, the two and two, two home, two away, and then they they'll see the Marlins the last week of the season. Your thoughts on the Yankee schedule, Justin? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so actually, you know, it, I'm with you. It's really front loaded. But I wanted to start, you know, by what you were saying with the. Um, Home field advantage this year. I think it, you know, not from a, you know, clearly, of course, with no fans, it's not going to matter a few more. I think it's going to matter more off the field. Now, because when you're at home, you know, you're going to sleep in your own bed. You're not going to have to worry about traveling all that. Like, you know, who knows what these, you know, what the road teams are going to have to go through, you know, with the hotel, you know, with everything going on. Um, hotels, you know, again, and the traveling, I think this year it's just so weird and different. I think, you know, playing at home and just being, you know, living, you know, just being at home, you know, family, you know, being your family, sleeping in your, in your own bed, I think it's going to be like a huge bonus this year because it's solid that they get the Reds, I mean, the Rays and Red Sox at home, you know, 14 of their 20, um, or 13 of the 20 games at home, and 20 of their 23 final games are against the Blue Jays. Orioles and Marlins. So as long as they can kind of go into September, but let's not let's not think of the Blue Jays as what the Blue Jays have been the last three years. You got to think this is a different Blue Jays team. They've rebuilt. 
And in this, this shortened season, they got some they got some players. They got some really, really good young talent. So you cannot sleep on this Blue Jays team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish out of the Red Sox this year because the Red Sox, obviously, you know, they don't have a lot of pitching. And, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, unfortunately, came down with COVID-19 yesterday. So uh, do not sleep on this Blue Jays team. They, they, they could be a surprise team in the American League. In the, in the American League and even the and the AL East. Yeah, no, I I definitely think the, the Blue Jays would be a solid team with with Drew now, um, you know, with the three um, big rookies, Biggio, Bichette, and Guerrero. I definitely think they could be a threat in the AL East um, to the Rays, Red Sox, Yankees. Um, but I, I kind of just think standpoint, like that's kind of their fun, you know, twenty. Like as long as the Yankees are somewhat in the hunt, which I'd be shocked if they are not. They should, you know, they should be okay. Like, they don't face the Blue Jays either game 41. So, because um, I'd rather, you know, I'm with you. I'd rather face the Blue Jays, like, the first, second week kind of the year, you know, whenever it's still kind of, you know, getting their foot wet, you know, um, get still loose, loosen it up. But, um, yeah, you know, it's those first 10 games, I think, for the Yankees, and, yeah. and Joe wrote a comment. Yeah, uh, the pitch, the pitch, he can hit, but the pitching is an issue. But I mean, I, I know Rue was really good with the Dodgers, but yeah, it's a good point with you know him playing in the American League, especially playing a lot of games against the American League East, playing the Yankees. Even though the Red Sox aren't that good, their lineup's really good as well. And then obviously, you know, the NL East has some good teams too. Has some pretty good lineups too with the with with the with the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals. So yeah, I didn't know you'll go. You'll see how good Rue is this year. And yeah, their pitching depth is definitely a question. Joe makes a good point there. And the interesting part, actually, when he mentioned that, is I know they have a bunch of guys down the farm who like are top prospects, and I don't know if they're going to give them the shot this year or not. I don't know, like Anthony K, a UConn guy, um, Forrest Woods, I think. Yeah, they got Anthony K in the deal for Strollman. Yep. So like, there's a couple of guys down the farm that I know. I don't know if they're a year or two, you know, they're top prospects. So who knows if they get called up? Maybe they, you know. Maybe they make step up and pitch well. Who knows? Um, but you know, those those first ten for the Yankees, I think, are to be very tough because you're gonna have to see Scherzer. You may have to see um, Nola. No, Nola. Um, you know, then you got Boston. I think you know because the big thing too is I don't you know a five game losing streak and a sixty game schedule equivalents I think to a twelve or thirteen game losing streak in one sixty two. So. No, I don't think the Yankees will go. Hopefully, not in a five-game losing streak. But you know, starting one or four, one and five is not going to be a very good start. Um, it could be, you know, who knows? I don't. Again, who knows how other teams start out with? But it's definitely it's tough, and you you got to come out. I think much quicker than they did last year when they really struggled those first kind of weeks where you know you lost to Detroit at home. Um, it's you know, but again. Everybody's healthy, it seems like, for the Yankees. So, you know, it should be um, good to go. But I think it really helps that that back load, you know, the schedule kind of is front-loaded. You kind of, you know, we're in September where, you know, Marlins, again, because all four NL East teams are going to – or four, you know, everybody in the NL East besides oh. the Marlins going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I think that's Absolutely. Good. I think that I think with Rendon, Rendon obviously signing with the Angels, the NL East is wide open between all four of those teams, uh, especially in a sixty-game season. I mean, maybe you might you know knock the Mets and Mets and Phillies may might not be in the hunt in a in a regular season in a regular one hundred sixty-two game season, but in a 
in a 60 game season, the, it, it, it's, it's, it's open game. I mean, the the Phillies, the Phillies, the Mets, the nationals, the Braves, it's, it's wide open between those four teams. Oh yeah, definitely. And then, you know, so like they're not getting any, um, you know, they're not getting pretty much any easy series against the NL East besides the Marlins one, you know, and the, the regular season. So, you know, it's tough. It's kind of, you know, tough at the beginning and you get to September, no, you know, again, Blue Jays could definitely be in that hunt and maybe, you know, it makes those few games, those 10 games very important where they have 10 of 10 other, you know, when they start off with the Blue Jays game 41, 10 of the next 17 of them are against the Blue Jays. So those could be very important games in September. Um, but it, it favors the Yankees, especially they can stay healthy. Um, it, it's a tough test, and we'll kind of find out a lot about, you know, where they are this, these first couple of weeks of the season, going to Washington, Philly. Um, when they see Girardi back in the stadium, too bad he won't get, like, a nice ovation, though. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, won a World Series in 2009, was a, was a, was a catcher, won three World Series as a catcher for them, won four rings overall. So, yeah, that's a little sad we're not going to see an ovation from Girardi. But um, you know, overall, not you know, I rather have it front loaded than back loaded. You know, um, kind of what they got, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. You know, they should be able to take care of business in the alleys. They should be able to. But again, the sixty game schedule, you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's you know, you're going to see some unexpected things. Absolutely. And we look at the Red Sox schedule and it's a, I think the Red Sox schedule is a little bit tough. I mean, and they, they look at their, uh, AL, you look at their AL East opponents. They, I think a nice, easy opener, the easy opening series against the, uh, against the Orioles. But after that, but, uh, after that, they play those four games with the Mets. They got to play, I think a three game series with the Yankees. So it gets tougher after that. And, uh, you look at the Red Sox home and away splits in, in the, in the AL East the Yankees, they play three home games, seven away. Rays four home games, six away. So that's 13 away games against who are what are supposed to be the top two teams in the division, and then seven then seven home games. So that's gonna be tough for the Red Sox there. Uh but then you look at seven home games with the Blue Jays, uh uh three away. And uh you look at the Orioles, six home, four away. Then in the National League, they got uh they play the Braves, that's their rival. I think and that's always was their rival. Because remember in the you weren't alive and you, you you were alive in the early nineties, but I don't remember. When they had interleague play in the early nineties, they usually just did AL East, AL East. And usually the Red Sox would play the Braves pretty much every year because that was their natural rival. Cause obviously before we even before, for years ago, back in the forties, they back in even the like the early twenties, the there, there was another Boston team and they were the Boston Braves. So that's why I think they play the Braves more than any other team usually in the, in, in the NLE. So they got six games against the Braves, three away, three home. They got three games against the Nationals. The defending World Series, defending World Series champs come in to Fenway for three games. Phillies, it's two and it's uh, uh, two. And, two. Uh, and the uh, Marlins, I think they got three away games with the, with the Marlins. And then it's uh, two and two with the Mets to start the season. Yeah, um, this Red Sox one is it's difficult. 29 of their 60 games are against playoff teams from last year. So almost wow. half of their schedule, they're playing a playoff team from the year ago. I mean, it's, it's fair. It's almost the same exact schedule as the Yankees. But for a team like the for like the Red Sox, it's going to be tough for them. Like you, you, first, you, you get a team like the Red Sox, and you get a team like, let's say, for example, in the NL Central, we say the Cincinnati Reds, who get to play the Royals and the uh, and the tight and the Tigers. Yeah, they, they, it is a little bit more difficult for a team that's that, for like a, a team that's kind of on the a team that, if in a 162 game season would probably win like half their games. 
So it is hard for that for, for, for yeah to have that kind of schedule, and especially with this guy kind of with the pitching the Red Sox have, and they lost their best in their starter might not even be ready for opening day. Their number one starter at Guadalajara Rodriguez because he came down with COVID nineteen. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough schedule for the Red Sox. They could hit. There's no question they're going to be able to hit, even though they lost Mookie Betts. They still got Devers and Bogarts who had big years last year. Uh, uh, J D Martinez was the MVP two years ago. Uh, no, no, he wasn't MVP. Sorry, but he probably should have won the MVP two years ago. Uh, you got Benintendi. You got you and and you got a, a you got a really good lineup for the Red Sox. The problem is their starting pitching and their bullpen are just very very shaky, and it's going to be very hard for them. To, even in a sixty game season, sixty game season is an advantage for them, but it's going to be still hard for them to get to the playoffs. Yeah, because you know it, it's going to be tough that rotation because Sale's done with Tommy John for the season. You do have Rodriguez. If they sign Martin Perez. Um, you know, so the staff, it's, it's the, let's say the starters, it's very shaky, kind of pretty, you know, I know you have Avaldi too, which again, can you say healthy? Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, they, they, they really do have a tough schedule. I think 12, yeah, final, 12, their final 18 games are Phillies, Rays, Yankees, Braves too. So to kind of end the season, um, too, they, they kind of got a tough test and tough road ahead of them. Um, but yeah, they can definitely hit. You know, with that lineup, and I even like the guy, um, Alex Verdugo, what they got over from the Betts and Price trade. I know he's one of the uh, Dodgers kind of top guys and um, outfielder. I think he could be a solid um, uh, player this year for for the Sox in that lineup. So, you know, again, because they got out, you know, they kind of had that World Series hangover from a year ago, and they got out to that slow start, and they really never got it going, and. Last year, the worst stretch of the year was back to backs against the Yankees and uh, Rays, where they lost eight and nine. And then I remember that in, in August, late August, yeah. And then nine and thirteen, they had to do that again. I think um, middle of May or um, or right at the beginning of August. So and, and you remember that because you do all their games. Yeah, pretty yeah, a lot of <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of being Yankee fan things, but it is what it is. But um, you know, it's definitely you know because they got um such a slow start and then you know they show against the Yankees Rays that's what they really they really struggled against the Yankees Rays last year um again they were able to beat up on the um Jays and uh Orioles for the most part but they they definitely do have a tough schedule it's really back loaded it you know playing half your games because especially if they are fighting for a wild card um how you know let's say like a team like the A's who you know are right there as well for a wild card in the NL West, their only competitor is going to be the Dodgers. Now, I think maybe San Diego can make some noise with the young talent they have, maybe in a 60-game schedule. They got Texas. I don't, you know, I don't really know about them. The Angels, they lose Trout. They're not going to be much. And then you got the Mariners. So, like, with this year, too, it kind of depends on, you know, the division you're in. Um, it's definitely kind of a tough thing, you know, if they're fighting for a wild card, what they got to end with and the teams they got to play. It's just the year we're in, and you know, they, they really do have a tough schedule. The MLB really did not give them – they did not get too many favors, um, you know, with the schedule. Yeah, they might have punished them with the schedule because they were light on their punishment for uh, for, for uh, a cheating in 2008. So, I think that was – this might be part of their punishment. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. So, talk, talking about uh, now that we've talked with the Yankees and Red Sox, and now we got certain players who – 
could be opting out for the COVID concern and connected with the Red Sox. One of the guys, the Red Sox traded David Price. He says he's done for 2020. And that's, that's going to obviously, that's going to hurt the Dodgers rotation wise. I mean, yeah, I mean, he wasn't a great pitcher for the Red Sox. He was great in the postseason in 2018, but that's going to hurt the Dodgers rotation wise because, you know, outside of Bueller and Kershaw and with Rue leaving, who do you got now as your number three starter? So that's, that's, that's good. Even though he's not great, that's still going to hurt the Dodgers. And even Mookie Betts has second thoughts about playing too. So this trade may not end up hurting the Red Sox at all with these two guys not even playing this season. No, it, it may not, you know, and Price, I know family-wise, um, again, he, you know, he's a big, you know, he's, you know, he's a big player, you know, he's kind of, he's a big name in the LOV, and, you know, that's kind of concerning a little bit, you know, David Price kind of opting out, playing for the Dodgers as well, who's a playoff contender, um, and very, you know, Sano's a big player for the Twins, LeMayhew, Salvador Perez, one of the top Royals players, all catching COVID. Um, you know, and, and you know, and a guy like Betts, you know, um, with the free agency coming up, who, you know, again, does he risk batting like 200 and really be, maybe losing out some, some big payday? He's gonna going to lose some of it with the financial wise of, you know, not playing a full season, obviously, but you still, you know, you don't want to even take more of a big pay cut, you know, if, if your bets and risk ha- not having a down year. Um, so it, it, it's interesting. And again, the MLB can't afford too many of this again. And, you know, I'm still really on the fence that they actually even play. I think with all the traveling that goes on and all this, and I don't know if it's even going to pan out and I know they didn't want to, and I understand why they want to be in the bubble because you're away for three, four months. You know, I understand, you know, but it's, you know, you can't have too many more. And I know Trout's on the fence right now. You know, his wife's pregnant. Um, you know, Garrett Cole had a kid last Monday. And, you know, he said he's going to play for now. But, again, you know, if a bunch of Yankees catch it, maybe he does step away. You know, he, he's got to be cautious. He doesn't want to bring that home to his baby. He, he, you know, you, you got to be really cautious with all this. So, um, you know, it, it's it's tough and – and we can't afford, I think, too many, especially from high-profile guys that kind of um, – because they'll hurt the sport because you don't want to see minor leaguers playing the games. You're not going to – you're not – the ratings are not going to go anywhere if you're watching a A team go up against, you know, somebody – you know, two A teams go up against each other. Um, so who, who knows? But, it's you know, ho- you know, hopefully, you know, guys stay and, and want to try to do this, but if not – you're, you know, if you see more and more of this, it wouldn't surprise me either. See a couple, you know, top guys, you know, end up wanting to go out. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and listen, it, yeah, I, I could see this season not even getting off the ground, but I think once it gets off the ground, once they start they're I can't see them stop. I, I don't think they're going to stop the season. I think they will play with the minor leaguers. The owners would want, and, and Manfred will still want the season to happen. They'll get this season done any way they can. But once they, once if they start, I don't think they're going to stop. But I could very easily see the season not getting off the ground. And yeah, you're looking at the guys. Mike Leake said he, he opted out. Nick Markakis, he's opted out. Ian Desmond, Joe Ross, Ryan Zimmerman, even Felix Hernandez. Yeah, he's way past his prime. He's with the praise, but he opted out too. And you look, and you look at the guys who got it. Thanks to Joey, put the graphic up. Uh, Miguel Sanu. Uh, so now, I mean, DJ LeMay, Salvatore Perez, and obviously we talked about uh, uh, 
Eduardo Rodriguez, who, who tested positive too. So you've seen all the guys who've tested positive. You've seen all the guys who've opted out. And there will be more who will test positive, and there will be more who will opt out as, as well. So you're going to see more and more. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next two weeks what baseball ends up deci- deciding to do. Right now, they're going to play a season, but I wouldn't be shocked if this thing doesn't doesn't come off the ground. Yeah, me neither. It just I think the way that it's, it's happened with no bubble, with all the traveling. Again, and I know they tried to logistically – make it as simple as possible. Um, but again, it still may not work again, like a place like Florida right now, which they're getting a big spike right now in cases. You, you know, I don't, I know like all these teams have their own private planes again, but you know, like even, even some of the rules kind of that they have, like, you know, one guy, you know, they don't want you to take a shower, but it's not prohibited in the locker room. Like, um, you know, the sunflower seeds spitting, um, tobacco and all that. Like, I get, you know, like, I just don't, it's the same thing when I know we, we talk about the NBA in a minute or so. Like, I just, you know, do all these guys actually follow their rules? Do they, do they not go out and go look, you know, um, look around the city wherever, you know, if they're on the road, like, you know, I think that's a tough part. And maybe if they do get off the ground, it works. Maybe guys do, um, stay in hotel rooms when they're not playing. Who knows? I just, you know, I, I would not be sh- shocked to see this get off the ground. I think this has the least, I think MLB has, out of the NBA and NHL has the least likeliest of playing games out of the three. Uh, I think the NBA is, I think the NHL is definitely the most likely because of where they're playing and, 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 and she's where they're playing and, and the cases probably aren't as high in Canada. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't, the cases are probably not as high in Canada, but yeah, MLB has, there, there's definitely, definitely concern and NFL there's concern, but NBA is a big concern as well. I mean, that, that that's a concern going out to Orlando. So it, it's, it's a concern pretty much with all three of those. The NHL I think is definitely the most likely to play. Yeah. But, but I mean, obviously, you know, you've seen even other leagues like the MLS, FC, FC Dallas, they've, they've backed out of the tournament completely. They backed out of the restart completely down in Orlando. You've seen WNBA players back out of Orlando. Actually, there was one, Shanae uh, Gumake, who backed out of playing in uh, – backed out of playing in Orlando and now she's got a better job <laughs> working at ESPN radio. So yeah. So yeah. So you've seen a lot of people backing out and, and, and uh, we'll, we'll end up see what's ha- what's going to happen with baseball. Yeah, we will. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I'm so very, I, I, you know, I'd be shocked to see them get going. Yeah. We'll see what ends up happening there. So, but we're going to wrap up the show with the NBA and all the NBA teams this week are, uh, are, playing to travel down to Orlando, but as Joe put up the graphic, I mean, Adam Silver admits if there's more COVID-19 cases, this thing could very, very easily get shut down. I mean, and, and you see teams like the Nets and the Wizards who are completely depleted. I mean, look at a team like the Nets. I mean, no Spencer Dinwiddie, no Kyrie Irving, no DeAndre Jordan. Now, no, uh, no, and just, Ted, Ted uh, just read a comment. I, I, I could, could, they can finish the season, but expect positive tests but expect positive tests. It's inevitable. Exactly. Good, good, great, really good point by Ted Case. I mean, about having, having positive tests. I mean, yeah, they can finish the season, but they're going to be more and more positive tests in all these leagues. That's going to be, that is true for all these leagues uh, to, uh, to do that. And I mean, getting back to my point about the Nets, I mean, that team is completely depleted. I mean, no Spencer Dinwiddie, no Kyrie Irving, no, uh, no DeAndre Jordan, now no Torian Prince. So that team is completely depleted. You look at the Wizards, Bradley Beal's not going down because of shoulder issues, but 
the real reason is probably COVID concerns. We could definitely, we could definitely see that. I mean, you look at, uh, you, you, yeah, that's so that team's depleted. They're going to be without, they're going to be without a wall or Beal. So imagine we get that eight seed. I mean, eight seed is going to, whoever the Bucks get in that first round, I mean, that's going to be a really, really, really easy series if they get the Nets or the Wizards in the first round of that series. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, it's such an issue now knowing the case are so high in Florida and uh, n- knowing everything that's been going on. It's just, it's going to be very, it's, it, there's a very good chance that we might not see this NBA thing end up happening. Might, they may start it and this thing might end up getting shut down. It totally may. And I think Adam Silver said this morning, you know, like he's getting very concerned right now um, about it. You know, and we saw the picture of Troy Daniels' dinner last night. Now they say they claim that it's going to get better when quarantine ends. Because look, that's not very appetizing, you know, especially an NBA player. This is the issue. Like, again, they say it's going to get better when quarantine ends. I don't um, – but, again, like, you're really going to keep NBA guys in this bubble when they're getting food like that. They're going to go out and they're going to go try to go eat at a restaurant. Like, it, I don't think you're going to be able to keep the guys in the fence. Damian Lillard last week is very concerned about it. You know, he doesn't trust that players are going to stay. Um, they aren't going to follow these rules. I I don't see this happening. And did you see the facility that WNBA at the um, one of the housings? I didn't know. The laundry room had mouse traps, just stuff all over the place. Oh, bad! How is that season even going to happen? You can't have you can't you can't keep people healthy with that. How is that even going to happen? I they're relocating people. I guess they started relocating. Oh, what a disaster! And remember, they're own fifty percent. The NBA owns fifty percent of that, so they're kind of in that. Adam still wants to avoid that. I again, I'd be shocked, shocked with all these guys kind of going down. I even heard um Nugget star Nikolai Jokic. He's he having problems getting to Orlando right now. Yeah. He's testing negative, but he's having issues getting down there. So I, I just, you know, I, I I just don't see it right now. And I think you know, um, again, I think they should have had a plan B for a city like what the NHL. I think the NHL were so smart to wait this out and go to Canada. I think that is the smartest thing they would have. I think that's the smartest thing they've done. Yeah, who would have thought Batman would be doing the best job out of all of these commissioners? Yeah, he is. He's going to Canada because I don't think the cases are that or that. Or, I or, mean, Joe, Joe, correct us if we're wrong with that. We don't, we don't know that for sure, but yeah. But I, I would assume they're not because I know you put a ban again on the U.S. for traveling. So, and I did not hear Canada's name come up in that. So, um, I just, I, I just, I just don't see this happening. Like, yeah, I just don't see guys following the bubble. I just see, you know, if food's if food is like thanks, Joe. You just said that's correct. Yeah. All right, that's what. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just, I just don't see it. You know, and even Embiid said it too. He just doesn't think it's gonna be safe enough. If players are thinking this, how are you gonna be able to keep them safe? Now, I don't know if you follow the TBT tournament, the basketball tournament. I watched a couple games. I've seen a couple. What is that? What is the TBT tournament? One million dollar kind of tournament. It's a bunch of overseas guys that are playing like overseas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was watching a little bit of that. Watching a little bit of it, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah, it's been going on for a couple of years. Now they haven't had any, or they did. They had one team. I think it was like the Jimmy V team. Um, a couple. Of, I think one or two players tested positive, and they kicked them out of the tournament. So yeah, where where where, where are they playing that? Um, Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. The arena. Um, okay. So like it's working there. It sounds like it sounds like they get tested every day. Um, like. Nobody else is in the hotels, I believe. 
I think it's just them in the hotels. That's the other thing about the NBA is they had all their people in the hotel with the WNBA players. Um, it's just, again, I don't know if this is going to be safe enough. I think the TBT to the tournament, the hotel they're staying in, is I think there's a couple of security guards, you know, past one of the hallways where they all are um, supposed to be. And it's like you have to get by them. And, you know, so, like, no people can, you know, even try to attempt to get by. Like, it, you know, none of the other teams hang out with each other. It just it, – there seems to be – it seems to be working there. So who knows? But it seems like I just – again, it seems like players are following the guidelines and all that. I just don't know, you know, with the way the NBA guys are speaking, I just don't think it's it's going to work. Um, and Jordan Clark – uh, Clarkson of the Lakers already said too, like he already feels strapped and they've been there one day. So, yeah, and the Lakers could be there till October. So, I, you know, I don't think it's working out. No, I, I, I could, I, I mean, I hope it does, but I could, I could see them shutting the whole thing down and seeing the, seeing what's been said the last week from a lot of the players. They don't really feel that comfortable being in Orlando. They're being realistic. Guys like JJ Redick. You know, they're, they're being realistic, saying we don't feel that comfortable here, but we're doing this because this is our job and we're going to start job for the fans, but they're not feeling that comfortable being in Orlando. Yeah, and I, I don't blame them. Hey, I really don't with the cases going on down there. I, I, I really don't. Um, again, I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you, Steve. If I wasn't doing the podcast with you, I would not probably watch the NBA playoffs besides the Kings. So, um, you know, knowing me, I'm not the base NBA guy in the, in the world, but I just, again, I'm not going to be shocked. And I just don't, I don't see it. I just don't see this happening. I, I really don't at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And now you go ahead. Yeah. I, I think it's going to take one big star, one or two big stars. Yeah. If you get one of the, the big guys, because already Oladipo backed out too. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's not going. Yeah. I don't blame him because I know you're saying with the knee injury, again, you don't want to, you know, Again, I think it's just too risky, especially he's a guy that could maybe get hurt again, you know, staying out a couple months, coming back from injury. You know, like, you know, I think, it. yeah, one big star, it, this thing's done, one or two. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, definitely could, I definitely could see that happen. Anybody in the – any top 10 NBA player uh, comes down with this, I think they, they, they could very, very easily shut this thing down. Yeah, or what, what happens to, like, Greg Popovich? Again, I know he's going down there coaching, but, again, he's 70. Or he's in his 70s. He's a guy that, you know, uh, then you got Alan Gentry and Mark D'Antonio, older coaches. I just, you know, like if you're a player on one of those three teams, you got to be pretty nervous. That's your head coach. You don't yeah. want to get COVID. You don't want to be that player that's responsible of maybe puts him in a hospital. Or God forbid, you know, he, he died. Somebody dies. You know, you know, it just, I just, I don't know. It's just too risky. I just yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they go forward with this. It really is what's gonna happen in the next two weeks with baseball and the next three weeks in the NBA. It's just gonna be interesting to see what happens with those sports. But that's gonna wrap it up on Sports Talk with R and J this week for my co-host Justin Nafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the deadline for teams to give long-term deals to players that sign their franchise tender. Have a great weekend, everybody.